Welcome to For the Record. With the start of the new year, I wanted to bring guests on the show who could give us just a glimpse of what's hot and what's not in marketing in today's climate. PR, content, storytelling, SEO, and digital marketing have now become the lifeblood of today's thriving companies to get noticed. With that in mind, I've invited a variety of guests on the show who not only can talk about some of the trends that they're seeing, they'll be talking about their journey towards reinvention and innovation. With that in mind, I'm pleased to introduce Simon Corbett as our guest on For the Record today. Simon will be talking with us about some of the PR trends he's seeing overseas. A serial entrepreneur, Simon Corbett is the founder and CEO of The Dargan Group, a digital-first international media, marketing, and corporate communications business based out of London, England, with offices in Reading and Manchester. The Jargon Group provides services to a roster of international clients and markets, including ad tech, cloud, mobile, big data, retail, fashion, and automotive industries. Welcome, Simon, to our show. Thank you, Valerie. Great to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So um, we've noticed a little bit of an accent. So tell me a little bit about yourself, um, about Jargon PR, and, um, and where you're from. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, I'm a Brit. I am from London. I live in London and I started an agency called Jargon PR about 12 years ago. Before that, I had 10 years working at Edelman, Weber, Shandwick and Portonavelli. So my background was was the, the big boys working for the working for the big agencies in London. And then I, as I say, I, I chose to start my own. We're 12 years in now and we've got a team of just under 30 full time. We have around 70 retained clients and we focus on tech, B2B tech. That's the sector all the clients are in. That's great. And so do you have clients that are just located in the UK or are they all around the globe? All around the globe. So the biggest client for us is Facebook. We're the agency of record for the UK. They have a number of agencies uh, that they work with and, and we do a, a specific part of the Facebook campaign. But we've got around 70 or so other clients, very much international, multinational businesses, um, angel, series A, series B funded, um, a lot in the mid market. We've got a handful of startups, but they're all, they're all international tech companies. That's that's amazing. And I'm just kind of curious, how have you seen the pandemic? Um, it's been a story of two halves, to be completely honest. So in the first lockdown and when it all happened in sort of March two years ago, it was bad news. We got really badly hit that period when the world stopped spinning. We lost around a third of the business. We had some clients that were in the travel and entertainment sector providing technology solutions in that market so they were they were very badly hit unfortunately so it was it wasn't great however within around four months time I'm pleased to say things picked up and got a lot better and since then they've gone from strength to strength we've been very lucky tech's been a good place to be and as more people are online and more businesses are, are going digital and transforming to digital services we've we've been lucky to be in the right place at the right time that's amazing. That is amazing. So I'm kind of curious, what um, what industries do you serve in B2B tech? 
Um, we've got a range um, from uh, ERP, enterprise resource planning, business intelligence, security, um, ad tech, a lot in the education tech space. We've got a nice broad mix. We don't just focus on one singular area. We've got a, we've, we've got a nice mix in B2B tech. That's amazing. So uh, it seems like, especially with 70 plus clients um, and with your wide variety of focus or foci, um, it seems like you're on the, the pulse of many trends for, you know, for 2021 and 2022. Can you tell me about some of the trends that you're seeing um, from the client size, but also from a PR lens? Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess probably two or three of the top ones that stand out, um, you know, transparency and trust, probably the, the big one, you know, COP26, the environmental conference was at the end of last year. And I think brands talking about sustainability, trust, openness, transparency around what they're doing. Um, tech is a big contributor to the environment, not always in the right way. So I think that that transparency of, of messaging and environmental impact is is one of them. Um, I think following that, just creativity, especially through social channels. Um, you know, it's it's of course the digital first world we live in. Everyone, I think, when researching any business or any individual, starts on social first these days. So, I think creativity in in that area is is absolutely more important than ever today for brands and businesses. That's great. Have you seen the way that people? Um... And, and brands actually market pre-pandemic different than how we market post-pandemic? Yes, we have. I think a lot of um, a, a lot of campaigns for us, and, and I know this from colleagues in other agencies as well, campaigns have shifted from away from news and sort of almost, you know, highlighting, showing off what you've done or what you've achieved to more thought leadership and campaigns based more about learning and adding value and helping audiences mm-hmm. understand and react and respond to the, the new yeah. world we live in. And does it vary from region to region, from UK to EMEA to the States, or is it just generally all the same? We're seeing that as a general trend overall throughout all the clients we have across the different markets they're in. However, I would say the UK and the US tend to be a little bit further ahead. We, we always tend to embrace this this um, slightly before others. So that's very interesting. We, uh, we service clients in the legal and fintech space. And what's been interesting for us is that um, from a PR side, it's not just about thought leadership. It's about how we actually are able to help create lead generation and cultivate leads and making sure that we convert campaigns into a, a lasting, um, um, a, a lasting customer. Believe it or not, um, so it's it's been different for us during the pandemic. That's for sure. That's been a thing for us as well. The lead the lead generation bit actually. So clients saying as well as you know good content and stories and news and and mm-hmm. you know thought leadership. It's then how does that translate to social? How can they get potential customers, stakeholders engaged, interested, liking, sharing, etc. So the the conversation around utilizing it across across other channels to drive leads is always uh, very closely followed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can imagine. So then I'm kind of curious, going back into traditional bread and butter PR. You know what? 
What do you see as the mix from media relations to social to like advertorial, like earned and paid, you know? Um, there's, they certainly all come together and there's a mix. And what we're seeing is clients looking at different channels in different ways. Um, I think it, it depends on the sector a little bit. There are some sectors in tech that um, the some of the titles there that do advertorial aren't as good as others. So I think mm-hmm. I think it kind of depends on which area of the market you're in. But no, I agree. It, it's so important today for these campaigns to be sort of integrated and coordinated across you know different marketing communications tactics. Agreed. So what should companies be aware of as to working with media in this? Uh, post-COVID age and this digital age? I think one of the biggest things we've seen is that media brands have, have it's, it's been a rocky road for them. Some of them that create a lot of their income through events, conferences, awards, they've of course been hit. So some of them have decreased numbers of, of staff and journalists and they're working with more freelancers or or part-time staff. So it's it's been tricky for them. So I think just having that that depth of knowledge and understanding of how the media titles work, the brands, the sort of content they're looking for, how they're looking for it, when they're looking for it. I think that that first-hand knowledge and those relationships is just more important than ever, to be honest. Hmm. Going back to events, because that's been an ongoing question with events, um, in our industry just being pushed back or becoming virtual. Um, In terms of thought leadership, what would you recommend to clients um, to to get more visibility for lead generation as well as for, you know, as well as for thought leadership? Sure, you're absolutely right. So of course, awards and events and conferences have taken a massive hit and um, lots of brands have tried virtual events, some have gone well, some have not gone quite so well. And I think as we you know, as we have this conversation in in nearly mid January, I think most people are are desperate to get back to some back to some real life events and shake hands and hang out with people. But to answer your question, I think as, as, as besides the kind of thought leadership content, I think it's it's so important to look at campaigns that try and drive leads. So we do a lot of big research pieces for clients and we'll then PR those and put out press releases to talk about the highlights. But if someone wanted the real depth of the report and the findings, they would have to go to you know our client's website and download it. So I think a lot of tactics like that are, are becoming more important. And I think building that lead generation piece into sort of campaign strategy is is just going to become more and more important this year. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I agree with the research piece of it. I I do find it interesting, though, um, especially in the legal industry, there has been a little bit of backlash um, as it relates to to research by companies, believe it or not. But I I don't know... um, how should I put it? Uh, just having some roundtable conversations. Um, the feedback has been that with the pandemic, pre-pandemic, research was actually meaningful data in the sense of you were able to find trends and that sort of a thing. And our clients have been trying to, not our clients, just the industry, our, the legal industry has been trying to find ways of, of getting that lead generation like, like what you have said. And so they created 
not just like one research report, now it's all research focused, which is kind of interesting. And so the research then becomes a little bit less meaningful. And so um, some of the press have been tired of covering it, which I found really, really interesting. And so now it's about trying to sift through what is what is real and what is not, and then mixing and matching the data to find out how do we actually utilize it, um, which some of the vendors haven't been, and this is all feedback from the media, of course, that some of the vendors haven't been good about sifting out what the research actually means. So being able to provide like quality insights from the research has been more imperative, and then pairing that with a thoughtful conversation on what they're seeing with clients. I just, I, I, it's, it's different from region from region, but at, at the same time, you know, stressing quality research is super important because that actually works quite well. Absolutely. I completely agree. It's so, it's so difficult and it, it does change from region to region, as you say, but um, we're, what, what we're seeing in the UK is that in, in those vertical markets you mentioned, research still does work well and press have, mm-hmm. press have, press have got an appetite. I don't know if that's because we've got a slightly smaller market here compared to compared to you guys, of course, but no, d- definitely a very interesting trend to to be mindful of as we're designing and implementing campaigns for clients. Absolutely. It's probably meaningful research from so, versus some of the stuff that, that's been put out in the market. Absolutely. Um, in terms of metrics, I know clients have been, especially during the pandemic, been focused on trying to understand how PR can lend a role into helping with lead generation, but also, you know, getting the name out there. How do you how do you actually work with clients around metrics nowadays? And what have the clients been asking for? Sure. Um, to be honest, no two clients are the same. There's a whole variety of metrics. Some people like the quantity of coverage, some like the quality, some want backlinks, some are looking at key messages, some are looking at um, uh, competitor depositioning and whether competitors are in the same um, uh, articles as them. Um, spokespeople quoted um, shares on social media it's totally mixed is the honest answer different clients Mm. look at it in in different ways most we encourage most to try and take a rounded view on it so it's not it's not just you know what what people might years ago might have called the thud factor you know a big walking into a meeting with a big pile of press coverage you put it on the desk and it goes thud (laughs) and you know these days it's it's of course a lot a lot more a lot more sophisticated but we we encourage clients to take a a, a rounded view on it it's not just about the number of press articles that you could get it's you know of course the quality and the reach and the messaging and the positioning and the you know the 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 depth of the brand it's in and all, all of these other good good metrics yeah, no, it's it's been it's been an interesting journey too. Some of our clients are are more they're very sophisticated with their metrics and every like like you said clients have, you know, depending on the client it's different. Um but the the sophistication though has gone through the roof which i thought was kind of interesting i think i think as well with it i mean it, you know to me it comes down to trust as well mm. i mean you know you, mm-hmm. you you and i know this you can't you can't just buy pr and you can't just buy journalists writing thinking talking positively about you and in a world where you know there's there's a hangover still from the fake news issues yeah. and 
you know, if you've got deep pockets, you can get to the top of search engines and all that sort of stuff. PR still does tick that credibility and authenticity box like nothing else. And I just think that that's so important these days because you know how how do people buy in a in a b2b context well it it's a range of may, ways isn't it it may might be based on you know the reputation of someone or your level of awareness of them or if they're award winning it's all these things that that speak to credibility and and trust in in b2b i think people rarely just buy on price and get the cheapest thing so i think a lot of the buyer behavior sort of signals and processes and what you know what organizations go through as they're procuring services i think some of those those things speak to pr more than ever absolutely that and and quality counsel um that that is one of the things that i find interesting um you know i straddling this side of the pond it's been I think we've been successful because of quality counsel and um, some of the clients and people that I talk to that are looking for PR services or uh, trying to understand if their PR agency is effective, you know, it basically comes back to what is the narrative? You know, what are you trying to say? And this is actually going to be something that you could sustain long term. And for me, it's been an interesting conversation, especially over the last couple of years, because we've changed the narrative. So like for some of our clients or strengthened the narrative to have more layers to it so that, you know, the value proposition is communicated clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And yet there are some brands that I know that haven't made it that have, you know, kind of flittered away, which I find interesting. Yeah, I so, think you're, you're completely right. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, how do you find inspiration and stay abreast of the trends? Um, I guess a range of ways. Try, try, trying to be well read is probably probably the first one from a you know mm. a range of sort of the media sources from the sort of the FTs and the Wall Street journals through to the Wired magazine and those those type of titles. Um, I think social media, you know, being trying to be as active as possible on LinkedIn and some of the different forums and and stuff that's going on and. I I quite enjoy as well some of the industry WhatsApp groups where people can, you know, post comments, thoughts, knowledge. I get get a lot from that. So I could I could probably do more, to be honest, but they're they're probably two two or three of the top ones that work well for me. That's great. Yeah, I know. I mean, staying abreast of the trends is super important. And I, I also am pay attention to CLEs actually okay. <laughs> in ad- cool. yeah uh, in addition to um, doing what you're, you're doing as well and online chats and online forums and offline conversations are super important mm-hmm. just kind of to stay abreast absolutely I think I think as well just going back to your point before that's one of the great mm-hmm. things about an agency because if you if you're if a client's in a set industry they could sometimes get a bit blinded by that industry but working with an agency that touches multiple markets multiple verticals you get such a rounded view of what's going on in 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 other areas of business that you can sometimes very easily spot some trends or or issues or topics that one one particular niche might not be talking about absolutely and i i am kind of curious because um a lot of our clients are they have a solution that is cross market legal accounting, procurement, etc. And in terms of understanding big picture, like how do you give counsel, 
knowing that your client might be cross vertical mm -hmm. and and how like especially since you're creating the central narrative for that company yeah it's um the, the way we try and do it is is to look at as you say a, a central narrative a a sort of the, the wording and the story from a sort of a corporate from a central perspective and then to sort of flesh that out with sort of key messages and proof points across different verticals and different niches mm -hmm. so that we've mm -hmm. got a, a, a central sort of style and tone and narrative but with then sort of nuanced and, and localized language that speaks to the different audiences that's cool well is there any last tips that you'd like to to give our listeners today in terms of thinking about 2022 and um, i guess yeah kind of a couple of final things that stand out to me for this year i mean you know um social responsibility transparency all the, the things we, we talked about at the start are just so important and consumers and businesses demand those whether it's sort of going carbon neutral or looking at your footprint and sustainability and we have we have a tree planting initiative where we we're planting 5,000 trees over the next three years that's that's so going cool. well so so things like that are, are absolutely top of mind with everyone and I think just the sort of old-fashioned stuff about just thinking of your audience where what do they read what do they like what do they look at what sort of narrative is going to relate to them what's going to engage them and just thinking about that because we're all you know we're all busier than ever with devices and channels and media so just trying to you know trying to think of your audience audiences as, as much as possible. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your, your sound advice. Um, really one last question. What do you do outside of work? I, I know you, you have other sites and little projects that you're working on. Would love to, to get a little bit of insight what you do outside of work. Yeah, sure. So outside of work, I'm uh, happily married. I am a father of two beautiful daughters and I'm a big football fan, soccer fan. I'm a I'm an Arsenal fan, so it's it's been an interesting season for us. Um, so yeah, sport, sports and family is my thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to For the Record. To hear more marketing tips, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platform. To learn more about us, go to platform.com.